Hey everyone, we've heard from a lot of you recently that you want more episodes about pregnancy and preparing for pregnancy, so we are going to do something special. For the next few weeks, we're doing our very first series. Woo! Uh, we're going to have five brand new pregnancy-related episodes coming up, but this week we thought we'd replay our Fit Pregnancy episode from May of 2016. Um, since it was early in the life of our podcast, you may notice a couple things, like the sound quality of our show has gotten a lot better since then, um, and it's not currently Mother's Day, even though we say it is in the show. Um, but we still think it's a great overview, and so we hope you enjoy the kickoff to our pregnancy series, and we can't wait to bring you a fresh episode next week. Welcome to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between doing just one more toe touch and eating just one more taco, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shawflam. I am an actor, comedian, and a normal person. And I am Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, race coach, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. Before we begin, and especially about the topics that we're going to be talking about today, remember to talk to your doctor before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Uh, send us your listener questions, everybody. We're going to be recording a listener questions episode, um, and the more listener questions we have, the more fun that episode will be. Um, we're always super excited to hear what you want to know. Um, and Daphne actually has the information to answer these things, I do. which is amazing. Um, so you can send us questions by email. Our email is info at just one more um, or you can tweet us at just one more pod, or you can leave us questions on our Facebook page. Um, uh, or on Instagram, you could comment with a question. We've had that happen. So just get us your questions. We'd love to answer them. Um, and it can be anonymous if you want to ask an embarrassing question. We won't out you. It's fine. Um, but yeah, let us know what you want to know, and we'll, we'll find the answers for you. Uh, so uh, happy almost Mother's Day, everyone. Aw, um, yay. yay. We love our moms. We do love our moms. Uh, and so we thought that Mother's Day would be a good opportunity to have well, what will probably be the first among many eventual episodes about pregnancy because we've gotten a lot of questions. I think because we're both in our like early 30s, like a lot of our friends are starting to be pregnant and uh, are sort of starting to like, it's in the ether. Yeah. Uh, we want to start this episode by saying that neither of us is pregnant. We are not. Moms and dads, <laughs> you can calm down. Uh, and we also wanted to say that um, a lot of moms become moms without experiencing pregnancy. And you are awesome moms, and we are so glad that you are moms. And we definitely don't want um, this to be about leaving you out. Um, it just happened to be a good excuse to do this episode. So, yeah, and I think that this will just be interesting for people to know, even men. Even so men. For our male listeners out there. If you are about to skip this episode and move on to the next one, or if you, or if this, if, if this is the last one that's currently out right now, <laughs> if you are about to, you know, hit pause, um, you know, this could be some good stuff for you to know too. That's right. We're going to tell you lady secrets that you can't get anywhere else. Lots of lady secrets. And ladies, we're going to tell you lady secrets too. Because <laughs> that's the thing is, I feel like um, until you are pregnant, like it's in a it's like not okay to talk about pregnancy stuff. 
Yeah. Except for, like, the cute things. Like, everyone knows you're not supposed to eat sushi or, like, yeah. raw cheese or, like, you know... And yeah, you can't eat anything pasteurized and you yeah, know, or anything unpasteurized. Or yeah, sorry, anything <laughs> unpasteurized. Oh my gosh, and sushi and you know deli meats, right? And all that. Jazz. It's like the things that involve like things you have to say to like a service employee. We're okay talking about, yeah. but I feel like there's this Caffeine. whole yeah, there's this whole other oh, and also like anything that allows you to judge a pregnant woman. We're totally fine talking about that. But um, the actual experience, I feel like, is sort of like a club that you're like not allowed into until. You're experiencing it yourself. And we want to, like, break down those walls um, because uh, how did you describe your, like, you're some sort of certified to talk about this, right? Yeah, I am pre- and postnatal certified. So what that means is I legally am allowed to work with women before pregnancy and after pregnancy. And because there are different types of exercises that you have to do with them. Awesome. Um, so that being said, neither of us is an OBGYN, obviously. Um, so if you are pregnant or thinking of becoming pregnant, definitely talk to your doctor about these things. We say this every week, but, um, I feel like, especially when it comes to pregnancy, um, you know, make sure that you're talking to your doctor about your situations. So this is like some general knowledge, but definitely like talk about your specific situation with someone who knows you. Mm -hmm. So that being said, um, Let's talk about um, what you want to do before you're pregnant. Like if you're trying to get pregnant. Yeah, if you're trying to get pregnant. Or even if you're just thinking, like, I'm not trying to get pregnant now, but, like, this is a thing that I want in my future and I want to make sure my body is ready. I'm asking for a friend, Daphne. (laughs) Joanna, you said something so funny to me when we first started doing our nutrition counseling sessions. You were like, well, I guess technically I am prenatal because... Like I, we're like, all prenatal like, we're, we're until all, we're natal. Yeah, we're all technically prenatal until we are natal, mm-hmm. and and that's so true. So even for people who are not necessarily thinking about getting pregnant in this immediate future, uh, there are some there are some things that you can adjust uh, with your health and nutrition right now that will just guarantee that you have the happiest healthiest pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I should also say, um, there are lots of people who have a lot of trouble getting pregnant and that's not a judgment on how you take care of yourself or, um, you know, what you've been doing. Like there are a lot of reasons that can be happening. And I think we have a lot of like shame and silence in our culture about, um, fertility issues, especially for women. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, none of this is to imply that if you are having trouble getting pregnant, you're like failing at any of these things. Oh yeah. Because I know how hard that is. Yeah. Yeah, That's like, um, I think that that's actually something that I experience firsthand on a daily basis with a lot of clients and, um, especially living in New York people. And also I would say maybe society as a whole, um, people are waiting a little bit later to have kids Mm -hmm. and because people are in our generation, we have the ability to focus on relationships and the ability to focus on what we want to do, putting ourselves first, focusing on career first before we feel ready to have a baby. And technically you are ready to have a child when you have your period, Mm -hmm. which is crazy because like I was 12 when I got mine and all the guys are like, no. Yeah. <laughs> the guys literally were just like, boop. Or maybe pause. they're like, ooh, tell me more. Yeah, yeah. In public, I have to say, ooh, but listening to my podcast, no one yeah, knows what I'm listening yeah. to. See, I think this is actually really, um, I mean, come on, women make up, what, half of the population? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, so, uh, really, 
it is also really interesting going from this place where we and you and I have also talked about this yes. before too. Where it's don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant. Right, birth you control, spend birth control. The, for, like from puberty until uh, like your late twenties, it's like getting pregnant is the worst thing that could possibly happen to you and the thing that you would get judged the most for. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden on a dime, it switches to, if you can't get pregnant as soon as you want to, that's like what you get judged for. Yeah. Uh, and so, that's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. It's so quick going from, uh, it's such a quick change going from trying to not get pregnant to thinking about making sure your body can get yeah. pregnant. Um, so yeah, fertility is a thing. And you know, for those of you who are, in a place where you are having issues with that, um, uh, there are there are resources mm-hmm. out there. There are definitely yeah. resources, and out we hug there. you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. don't mean any of this to imply that there's something else you should be doing. Yeah, you are great. Right. Mm-hmm. You're the best. Yeah, yeah, and um, yep. So then you you can dive into the world of artificial insemination, and then last resort is IVF. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is like what yeah, like my you know I'm pretty public about this, but. Um, my older sister has gone through her fair share of fertility issues and now has a happy, healthy three-year-old and my nephew is amazing and, um, and she's, she's at it again. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, I, yeah, there shouldn't be any shame surrounding not being able to get pregnant. So, (laughs) but there is like, (laughs) whether there should be or not, there totally is. And we're here to say like, we're not on the shame side. Mm Mm-hmm. So the first things you want to do. So now let's kind of circle back to all this yes, fun yes, stuff yes. about like getting your body ready for pregnancy. Uh, this is either you have just got pregnant or you are trying to get pregnant. But then so many of these things are things that I think we as just as like just as humans should, should apply to our day to day lives. So when you get pregnant, this is when you do want to start to be even more strict with eating organic, uh, hormone free, genetically modified free whole foods that really nourish you. So this is when you get to be a little selfish and you get to really spend a lot of extra money. And, and you know, I'm all about balance. Like I definitely don't eat everything organic. I mean, Mm -hmm. I definitely get a lot of produce in and it's like, I, you know, clean it up the best that I can with all my fruit and vegetable washes. But from like a fiscal standpoint, sometimes even things you buy at a farmer's market, not everything is organic. Um, I would say this is probably the the time in your life where you get to be really, really diligent about it and you should splurge and go for things that only come uh, from nature. And then you also want to start limiting your exposure to toxins. So even if that means these, you know, household cleaners, nail polish, and especially if you're having kind of a troublesome pregnancy, like if you are having issues or if you had a hard time getting pregnant or if you are a high risk pregnancy, then you definitely want to eliminate all those toxins from your home. So anything bleach, um, uh, these, these toxins, they cause birth defects and they also cause some uh, abnormalities. So uh, another thing you can start to do is nourish your body and your hormones with uh, fertility supplements and um, folic acid and prenatal vitamins. Like these are there for a reason. Take them. You know, talk to your doctor first, but take a prenatal vitamin. Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna it's gonna help a lot. And also de-stress and decompress. Stress wreaks havoc on your body. If you are trying to get pregnant, it's gonna be really detrimental. Which is um, like the worst thing because like 
what is more stressful than like wanting to be pregnant and not being able to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you are pregnant, things that are helpful with stress are meditation, breathing exercises, prenatal massage, prenatal yoga, um, sleeping correctly, sleeping a lot and acupuncture. I am just like such a proponent of acupuncture and circling back to fertility acupuncture for fertility is a thing. And I know a lot of people who have been able to get pregnant without resorting to IVF, um, uh, doing acupuncture. So, uh, so these are things that, uh, these are things that will really help, uh, make you feel very healthy, but also mentally and emotionally, I think Mm -hmm. is important. Um, because you are about to undergo something really crazy (laughs) with your body. So, yeah. So, and also exercising, making sure that you are exercising to give you more energy, to reduce your stress. It's going to lift your spirits. It's going to help you sleep better. And, um, it's also really great to have those endorphins going around. And there are so many studies that also show that if you exercise throughout your pregnancy, you have an easier, uh, labor. Mm. Yeah. And just make sure you're seeing your doctor really regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are all the things that I recommend for, um, prepping your body for pregnancy. So th- these are all things you can apply either leading up to you getting pregnant or you are pregnant. And these are the things you want to start doing. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you are pregnant, um, what can you like, if we're supposed to keep exercising, like what are we supposed to do? Okay. So I'm going to, what are we not supposed to do? I feel like, yeah, I think it, it may be even more like what not to do. So good news. You're pregnant. Congratulations. <laughs> now, how are you supposed to work out? So here is the overall rule. And this is something that doctors are going to tell you as well. Your first trimester of pregnancy, you can do all the same things you were doing prior to. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of people running, um, there are marathoners who run up until eight months, uh, wow. eight months pregnant and, uh, they have their bellies and they're still, they're still running. So you can do all the things that you were doing before. So if you were running, if you were working out with a trainer, if you are, um, if you were strength training, if you were taking classes, you can absolutely do those completely normally the first trimester. So something you can add in, if you have not been doing it this whole time, you can absolutely add in prenatal yoga, but don't do anything new. So kind of like how I say with like racing or like Mm -hmm. when you're running a marathon, like don't do anything new on race day. Don't do anything new when you've gotten pregnant. (laughs) Pregnancy is like a nine month race day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Except, um, except you can add in yoga. So what's the deal with prenatal yoga? uh, Find a prenatal yoga class. It's, it's gentle and it's, it stretches you out and it really helps to support, uh, I, I think prenatal yoga is really effective because it helps with your alignment and it helps your hips like support this new weight Mm. that you have added onto it. I I personally am not prenatal yoga certified. Um, and I do not, uh, I've never taken one, uh, (laughs) nor have I, (laughs) but I, a lot of my clients and a lot of my friends take prenatal yoga classes. Mm -hmm. So this is a class you would take once you get pregnant and, um, yeah. And I've heard really, really great things about them. It's a lot of stretches. It's a lot of really great exercises that increase blood flow. Um, and then everything is just really safe in the realm of Mm -hmm. fitness. 
I do remember I had one friend who said that she she expected prenatal yoga to sort of be like soft and fuzzy, and instead it was like really challenging. Yeah, it's still um, it, it's safe, but mm-hmm. it's definitely still right. You're still moving. Yeah, you're and you're like still moving. strengthening muscles and all of that stuff. So it's not going to be the same as like taking an hour long nap, which it shouldn't be because you're paying someone. <laughs> um, you know, I think that. Yeah, I think that that's definitely something I want people to understand is, you know, just because you get pregnant doesn't mean you are supposed to rest your body completely and it doesn't mean you are supposed to, it doesn't, it's, yes, of course, rest, but it doesn't mean that you can automatically eat whatever you want and eat for two and eat a lot in vast mm-hmm. quantity, you are going to notice your metabolism is running faster and you will be hungrier more, but you're also going to notice it's because you can't eat as much in one go. You have to eat kind of a little bit less, but way more frequently because you actually have something pressing on your stomach. But I really, really feel like, uh, I really feel like with physical activity, it's important to find the balance where you are getting enough, but you are not completely inactive. If you are completely inactive, then that's going to be completely detrimental to you. So finding ways to be physically active, um, and then finding ways to, uh, to keep your body moving and find ways to keep yourself feeling as, as, uh, loose and, and warm as possible kind of with movement. So first trimester, you really can do all the things that were normal for you beforehand. However, first trimester is when morning sickness happens a lot. And mm-hmm. I've noticed with my clients, it's not so much morning sickness, it's just sickness. It's yeah, just like nausea that happens all the time. So I've had clients who are throwing up during workouts and it's more just from nausea. And it's not from a strenuous workout, but it's just because that's what they, they would have thrown up you regardless. is so mean. <laughs> she pushes these poor pregnant ladies until they throw up. So really, you know, uh, nausea is a really big thing, the first trimester. And also fatigue is big first trimester. So funnily enough, you aren't even showing yet, but that's when the physical symptoms are the most drastic. So it's my job as a prenatal trainer Mm -hmm. to work with clients and make sure that we are doing the appropriate amount of movement and doing the exercises that feel the most comfortable and that don't, uh, don't create any nausea, but you can really pretty much do exactly what they were doing before. So I find with a lot of my prenatal workouts, I end up taking the intensity down a little bit, but then I have a client who tells me that, you know, on a Tuesday they felt great and they ran four miles outside Mm -hmm. and you know, and they're in their first trimester and they didn't feel nauseous. But then, you know, they can Thursday wake up and they feel totally nauseous and they are completely just, they have to call from home from work and they end up staying at home all day long. That's fine. Listen to your body, but don't be lazy. (laughs) You know, listen to your body, but, but don't be lazy. And, and also spotting is very frequent or it happens very frequently during Mm -hmm. the first trimester. And that's also not anything to be concerned about. But once again, you know, go to your doctor if the spotting is really, is really heavy. Yeah. So just the normal exercises first semester, first trimester, you can do squats, you can do rows, you can do, um, you can do, uh, you know, whatever strength exercises you were doing, whatever strength exercises you were doing beforehand. So the only thing I am going to have you be careful with is anything that is going to make your spine bend and straighten. So be careful with doing abdominal exercises on your back. If you are going to do abdominal exercises where you're laying down on your back, just make sure that you're, that make sure you don't feel any pain Mm. and just be careful getting up and down. But the thing is you're not showing yet. So, so it's, it's still okay, 
but just be careful with bending and straightening, bending forward, arching your back, all those things that it's called spinal flexion. So you just want to be careful with spinal flexion. So what, why are you particularly concerned about that? Is it about protecting? For the lower back actually. Oh, it's the yeah, back? for the lower huh. back. Yeah. Interesting. So with spinal flexion, you just want to be really careful with that, but you still can do push-ups, and you can still do squats and you can do rows and you can still do um, cardio. So that's the rule of thumb, but things start to change when we get into our second trimester. So second trimester is when your body is starting to change, but it's also when you are starting to feel better, mm -hmm. which is what I've noticed. So interestingly enough, second trimester, that's when people notice now, everyone knows you're pregnant, you're definitely showing, you can still run, you can still do cardio, but the exercises that you should start to eliminate are anything that's going to compress the abdomen. Okay. That makes sense. Don't yeah. squish the baby. So you just don't want to squish the baby. <laughs> <laughs> you only want to squish the baby if you are, you know, and if it's born and if you're holding and Giving like it a hug. snuggling it, but um, you don't want to squish the baby when it is in your body. <laughs> that makes sense. So... <laughs> So um, during your second trimester, that's when I generally take out any exercises where anyone is on their back. So to activate the core, you can do exercises like bird dogs, and then you really, at this point in time, you do want to bring in some prenatal yoga if you can. Uh, the bird dog exercise is just when you are on all fours and you reach one arm out and you reach the opposite leg out, and then you can put everything back down and then you can alternate. Another way to exercise the core without compressing the stomach is by doing um, by doing bridges. That's just when you lie down on your back with your feet on the ground, you just push your hips up into the air. Mm -hmm. This is going to activate your glutes, it's going to activate your back, and it's going to activate your core without doing crunches. So second trimester, no more crunches. <laughs> you can still do everything else. Uh, if you've been running, by all means, like keep running. I think it's so amazing when I see pregnant women running. Like, it's, it's fascinating to me, yeah. isn't it? It's like, it's just crazy. And I admire them a lot. And I hope that I will be like that when I'm pregnant. I hope so, too. Uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. I <laughs> and hope then you'll probably take some, like, perfect selfie and we'll be like, uh, <laughs> Daphne. <laughs> it depends on if I have makeup on or not. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, so exercises that you can still do, you can still do. Oh, and another thing now, squats might feel uncomfortable because you do have the large belly. Mm -hmm. So you can do lunges. Lunges are great. And then wall sits. So just lean your back on a wall and just move your feet out a little bit. So it's kind of like we're going back to physical therapy mm -hmm. based exercises. So third trimester, third trimester is when, uh, you really want to start being very careful um, and you definitely don't want to, at this point in time, do squats. And at this point in time, you do not want to lie down on your back to do core exercises. So no compression of the baby. Do not squish the baby. But this is when you can you can do exercises that keep you up a little bit more. So instead of doing push-ups on the ground, I would do push-ups on the wall. Mm -hmm. And that's when I would recommend taking out squats and doing more lunges and then to work the core, you can still do bird dogs, but just be really careful with the bird dog exercise. Uh -huh. But everything should be fine. Really, people work out. I once had someone take Hit It, um, my class, and she was eight months pregnant. Wow. And the only thing she couldn't do was, uh, what did I give her? 
Oh, the the ab exercises. I had to do jumping jacks instead. Mm-hmm. So you can still you can still move. You can still do cardio. Um, but I think really the most important thing to remember is um, don't squish the baby. <laughs> Should be pretty easy to remember. And you, you might notice by third trimester, energy levels might be a little low. And if that's the case, then a lot of the exercises that you were doing beforehand, you can absolutely do them sitting in a chair. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. So same type of stuff, but like taking the intensity down so that mm-hmm. it's... Yeah. And really it's just, um, uh, you know, just make sure you are drinking a lot of water. Um, still go to the gym. If you are, if you swim, I know in New York, not too mm-hmm. many of us swim, but... Uh, or maybe you do, and if that's the case, that's awesome. Keep swimming. Keep doing all the things that make you happy and keep doing all the things that um, make you feel good. But just know that if you are, um, if you do feel a little too out of breath, like if you can't mm-hmm. catch your breath, then that also means you are maybe working a little too hard. Mm-hmm. And also don't exercise in really hot conditions. Avoid contact sports. Avoid biking. So no more... I Actually, just be on the safe side. Just avoid biking completely. There's just mm-hmm. no need. No <laughs> need to train for a triathlon and no need to go for a long bike ride um, to explore the city. Just walk. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that for me, it's just... And some doctors will say, you know, cycling is good. They mean cycling like on a stationary bike. Okay. Yeah. So like at the gym, like... You can do it at the gym. Mm-hmm. You can take a spin class if that's what you've been doing. But um, you do want to start you know, protecting yourself, protecting your baby, and taking out the risk. So avoid contact sports like soccer, basketball, and football. And, um, and because you don't want your baby bump to be bumped. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't exercise in hot conditions. And, um, and then avoid biking. Cool. Yeah, but really regular exercise during pregnancy is going to make you feel way more energetic. Yeah, I love prenatal training, and it's so interesting for me because it, it's so quick. Like, the change is so quick. It's like yeah. all of a sudden I've been doing – I've had a client for years and years, and we've been doing these, you know, whatever workouts I've been putting them through, and then all of a sudden they're pregnant, and it's like they're a new person. And it's huh. like you have to restructure, you know, based off of their energy levels and based off of their based off of their nausea levels, you know, mm-hmm. the first day. And these could be people who were doing triathlons two weeks ago – and then now they're pregnant and all of a sudden they're throwing up during workouts and yeah, and it's fascinating and it's humbling, but it's also very special. Um, but yeah, and it's like I said, I really notice for me, it's really interesting how it's when people are really showing that's when their energy levels are back up and that's when things actually start to feel more normal. Mm-hmm. And so I often find that in my experience, you have to be almost more gentle during the first trimester even though that is technically when they can do exactly all the things they've been doing the entire time, but that's when the nausea and the fatigue are really up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the energy levels are good, first trimester, you know, do what you want to do. But um, really, second trimester is when the energy levels go back up, but then that's when we have to be really careful with the exercises. Hmm. Yeah. So does, does that mean that you often know about, like, a client's pregnancy before they would tell other people? I'm the first one to know before they even go to their doctors. Yeah. Yeah. They'll take a pregnancy test and, and, um, and they let me know at the start of the session and they have to, yeah. yeah. Which is really like special. Mm-hmm. It's special because it's really amazing to, to be the first one to know that. And they generally tell me because they'll see me and because it's, I'm just on their schedule. Right. And they'll be like, can we work out? And I'm like, of course we can work out. How are you feeling? And then they wait until 
they have their first doctor's appointment to confirm everything, and then that's when they tell their families. Mm-hmm. So it's been really amazing, especially as I've gotten older. As I've gotten older, my clients have gotten older. I feel yeah. like I've almost kind of grown up with some of these clients mm-hmm. and have known them throughout them meeting their spouse to, to dating their spouse to getting engaged to getting married, and then now they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of them, and a lot of them now have babies, and it's it's so it's very special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you excited to have kids one day, Joanna? Eventually, yeah. I mean, I think the more people that I know who who are like my peers who have kids, um, I, I've said recently, like, I kind of know too much. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I've, I've gotten to see, like, what it is really like having a kid. And I think that um, I feel very privileged to be able to, uh, to be able to wait, like, you know, that's something that as like a modern woman, I'm so appreciative of because, mm-hmm. um, while I think that there are a lot of things that you can do to like, you know, preserve parts of your life that you want to preserve after you have kids, like there's no question that having kids like totally changes your life. Yeah. And, um, I feel really lucky to have the privilege to not have that happen without my consent. <laughs> um, that being said, like I, I totally want to have kids and, um, you know, it's really interesting to me to like watch my friends go through the pregnancy experience and through having newborns and all that stuff. It's, you know, it's super fascinating. I mean, it's totally insane. Like when you think about the fact that like our, that human bodies can do this, it's, it's nuts. It's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's really crazy. I also imagine like there's so much societal pressure on pregnant women about, you know, how they should be caring for themselves, what they should be feeling, how they should feel emotionally about the baby, all of that stuff. I imagine that, like, it's hard enough sometimes for, like, as a non-pregnant person to figure out if I'm doing the things I'm supposed to be doing and making the kinds of choices I'm supposed to be making and deciding, like, if I'm taking care of myself or if I'm being lazy. I imagine (laughs) that only gets harder once you're pregnant. Yeah, yeah. But then I also think that when you are pregnant... You, uh, I, I do feel like something I find a, a lot across the board is, or maybe this is just people who come to me for help, mm-hmm. either with nutrition counseling or with for personal training. People sometimes have a hard time prioritizing themselves, and in the list of priorities, it'll be work, family, relationship, me, friends, and that's generally how the list goes for a lot of people. Whereas, the, and this is just like this is straight up like life coaching stuff that everyone should like the the list should be you first Mm -hmm. and then it should be family second and then um and then I think the third is like spouse and then it should be work and then friends I think that's like the natural order and um I think one great thing about pregnancy for women well obviously women or maybe not in the future who knows but um the one thing I think always comes into play is all of a sudden it's a big wake up call and the woman has to put herself first Mm -hmm. above work, above stress, above family obligations and social commitments. She puts her health and her body first because she's putting her baby first. Right. Isn't that interesting though, that like the one time in our lives we feel acceptable being selfish is when actually another person is involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we should be like that all the time. Totally. Yeah. And guys, I, I want people to Let's all act be. like pregnant women all the time. Yeah. That's our takeaway. <laughs> and that and don't sleep on your back and don't wear high heels. 
Just in I, general I totally, in life no, or no, when no, you're no. pregnant? When you're pregnant. Those were two notes that I had for myself that don't I totally... Don't sleep on your back? Or? Yeah, don't sleep on your back when you get to your second trimester. What are you? So, how are you supposed to sleep? On your side. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really important to sleep correctly. I know. Joanna's like, where did that come from? In life? No, in life, I, I sleep on my back in life. Uh, but sleeping on your back... So I might be screwed for when I get pregnant because I can't sleep on my side. Uh, but just sleeping on your back can just cause your uterus to kind of press on your spine and your, you know, major blood vessels. And can, it can cause lower back Sounds pain. Bad. Shortness of breath and it blocks the blood flow to your baby. And that's why we sleep on your side when you're pregnant. But that's why you sleep on your side when you're pregnant and also why we don't too much... We don't do too much stuff on our backs. That makes when sense. We're, because it is compressing. Because I would understand it's not lying on your kind of, stomach. Because that seems obvious. Yeah, that is. Yeah, we should probably state that too. No <laughs> supermans. Um, but then don't wear high heels too. Because it's just going to... Your weight's... It's just so basic. Your weight's going up. And you don't... Your body's changing shape. And your center of gravity is changing. That's something I hear a lot. Your center of gravity changes tremendously because all of a sudden your ab muscles are getting pushed out to here and um, so it just makes it harder for you to walk steadily so it, this just increases your risk of a fall if you mm -hmm. wear heels and um so just like wear comfortable you know shoes and sandals with arch support that and that and every pound you gain puts four pounds of pressure on each knee so um so don't wear heels and don't ride a bike <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so I think we should just all treat ourselves like we are all pregnant women and you know, right. put ourselves first no bikes no bikes <laughs> and then this is also funny because a lot of times women then they have their kids and then they put their kid first and then them second but you still have to put yourself first mm. it's not being selfish it's you know on an airplane they always say in case of emergency put the life mask on yourself first mm -hmm. you have to apply that to your entire life mm -hmm. you may have just taken a big tangent onto like self-care no, but, but like, i think this that's is, important like, so, i mean this so is important. mother's day and i think that's something that um you know continues i mean there's no shortage of discussion about like how mothers are treated in our culture i think it hasn't obviously like solved all of the problems but um you know the idea that as soon as you have a kid, like the kid comes first before everything else, um, I think is in some ways natural. Um, but it, it is important to, to realize that like your own health and well-being affects the well-being of those around you. Mm -hmm. um, and so part of being responsible to other people is being responsible to yourself. So many times, and this is kind of a, just a little minor example of that, but if I am just being like a terrible partner <laughs> to Stuart and if I'm and not being terrible, but if I'm, if I'm really stressed out or if I'm overwhelmed or mm -hmm. if I am just not in a good place because of t way too much stuff going on or because of stress, Stuart will be like, he will literally like push me out the door to go for a run. And he'll be like, you know, this is, he was like, you of all people, you know, yeah. you know that this is what you need to be doing right now. And then I'll even come up with some excuse and I'll be like, but I have 18,000 emails to answer and I have to do X, Y, and Z. And like, I can't though it's drizzling out and he will literally <laughs> shove me out the door and I'll come back and I will be a different person and I will be, and I'm a much better partner mm -hmm. to him. So same thing goes for if you're, you have a family, coworkers, friends, put the life Put the oxygen mask on yourself first, and then you will be a better mother, a better better partner, a better friend, a better employee, a better family member. Um, so I think self-care is just of the utmost importance, and that's something that we can all take away from this episode. Awesome. 
Well, thanks for the tips about, about fit pregnancy, Daphne. You're welcome. Happy Mother's Day out there, moms. Happy Mother's Day. Can't wait to have a baby. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'm actually like not mentally there. <laughs> is this still recording? Yeah. Yes, I, is this thing on? I need another few years. Like, <laughs> I want to get a puppy first. Mm. Yeah. We decided uh, no dogs until there's a baby. Really? Yeah. So because have a dog first. <laughs> we have friends who have a dog and a baby. And it's a lot. Uh, you know, yeah. My baby's <laughs> just going to have to deal because the dog's coming. Peanut butter. Peanut, Peanut butter. butter, the tan French bulldog. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. This is a feature that we call Power Food, where we talk about a powerful food that we might want to add into our routine. Uh, so Daphne, what is today's Power Food? Today's Power Food is... The sweet potato. The sweet potato. Do you, oh. <laughs> do you love sweet potatoes? I do. So I don't like sweet potatoes when they are made more sweet. Mm, um, yeah. I like sweet potatoes when they're like... Savory? Yeah, more savory or just like the natural sweetness that they have. I do too. Yeah, I never make it sweeter. I feel like a lot of yeah. people's introduction to sweet potatoes is like... At Thanksgiving, oh, when yams. it's like whipped, whipped yeah. yams with like marshmallows on top, or like a ton of maple syrup. Yeah, and it I doesn't need it. No, it doesn't need it at all. Yeah. Um, although the marshmallows can be fine. <laughs> oh, but when a Stewart's sister, my fiance, his sister came and celebrated Thanksgiving with us, um, and they're from England, uh -huh. so you know there's so much novelty to this funny American holiday we have. Yes. And uh, was slightly horrified. When <laughs> the marshmallows, just like and Stuart, it horrifies him too yeah. to the point where he has almost like forbidden it to be a part of our Thanksgiving tradition to do marshmallows on yams because he just doesn't get it. He's yeah. like, this is the most American it unnecessary is. thing. Meanwhile, my mom, that is her favorite part of Thanksgiving mm -hmm. because she loves yams. Yeah, but she loves having like the crispy marshmallow thing. Um, on, you know, layer on top. And my mom, she calls marshmallows marshmallows because, um, you know, doesn't say ours. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I have a whole list of funny things that my mom says, and that's one of them. Marshmallows. Awesome. So, uh, but sweet potatoes are good for you, huh? They're so good for you. I eat sweet potatoes, uh, I mean, a few times a week. It's like the easiest go-to carbohydrate when you're whipping up a really quick dinner and you don't want to go completely carbohydrate-free. But um, you need, like, something to, you know, make your meal feel a little bit more substantial. Awesome. So what's, what have they got in them that's good for you? So sweet potatoes are a really nutrient-dense food. Sweet potatoes are a root vegetable, and yes, they are a vegetable. And uh, you know how I've said many times, eat colors, uh, eat the colors eat of the, the rainbow. rainbow. Eat yep. the rainbow. So notice how the sweet potato, it is like it has an orange flesh. Mm -hmm. So that means it's really high in vitamins and it's really high in nutrients. So they have a lot of vitamin A. They also have a lot of beta carotene. And uh, beta carotene is also found in carrots, which is something also I orange. Find. Yeah. And it's, they, it didn't. Like, they didn't call it beta-carotene because of carrots. Oh. It's, like, completely Interesting. completely coincidental that that the name sounds really similar. Um, but And then some sweet potatoes are a little bit 
on the purple side on the outside, but mm-hmm. are a little bit lighter on the inside, those still have those still have a lot of nutrients in them. So here's what I am going to recommend with sweet potatoes. Eat the skin. Ah. Yeah. The skin, and just like wash it really well and you'll be totally fine. And chances are this is all going into the oven anyways. Um, eat the skin. That's where a lot of the nutrients lie. And especially with the darker skinned um, potatoes, all the all the um, antioxidants and all the anti-inflammatory properties and all the vitamins are in the skin and the fiber too. So uh, from a nutritional standpoint, they are a nutritional powerhouse. They have tons of fiber. They have tons of healthy properties like the antioxidants and vitamins. And they taste delicious. Bonus. Yeah. Tastes good. Mm -hmm. Um, When you make sweet potatoes, how do you make them? I like to slice them in discs. Really easy. Well, I'll wash it first. Uh And then I slice them in pretty thick discs. And then I toss them into a big bowl. And then I drizzle them with olive oil and salt and pepper and some type of Italian seasoning. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually use dried seasoning because it's going in the oven anyway. It's easy. So, yeah. And it actually really does, like, pack a really powerful punch of flavor. And then it goes into the oven. For me, I like to do 425 because my oven's really strong. And um, sometimes it burns, like, the smaller pieces Mm -hmm. if I do 450. 425 for between 25 to 35 minutes, depending on how thick I cut my discs. And then I eat them all up. Delicious. Yeah. What about you? Um, Well... In terms of just like simply roasting them, um, there's a recipe on the New York Times that I'll link to in the show notes that is um, like cubed roasted sweet potatoes with coconut oil, um, Ooh, and yeah. it's super delicious. You just like cube up the sweet potatoes. I think in her recipe you peel it, but you definitely wouldn't have to. You cube it up and toss it with um, like melted coconut oil and a little bit of nutmeg, but then it's the same thing. You spread it out on a cookie sheet and roast it for like... I think it says an hour, but it never takes that long. Mm, mm-hmm. um, maybe I'm cutting my cubes too small, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> they're delicious. Um, and they get like super creamy when uh, when they're cut in cubes like that. So that's that one of my favorites. delicious. I'm going to have to try that. Mm-hmm. And coconut oil? Mm-hmm. <gasps> See, that's... I love coconut oil. Mm-hmm. You know, if anything, I should probably use coconut oil because olive oil loses some of its health properties once it's when cooked. When you eat it? So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe I'm going to switch my roasted sweet mm. potatoes to coconut oil. So thank you. Thank you, Joanna. <laughs> even Either... I can help the expert. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's good for me to even, you know, think outside the box. True. Um, I think I, I was using olive oil just because that's what yeah. they said totally. to do. Um, but, you know, the great thing is sweet potatoes are really versatile, roasted, pureed, steamed, baked, grilled. Mm-hmm. You can do anything with them. Um, they're really, they're really delicious in every, like, no matter how you prepare them, they're going to taste great. Yeah, totally. I, I have a couple different like crock pot recipes that I do with sweet potato, sweet potatoes. Um, one is a vegan sweet potato chili, which you've had at my house. Mm, Um, and the other one is a non-vegan sweet potato chili that has like ground turkey and sweet potatoes and quinoa in it. Mm, Um, and that is super good. good too. Um, and I also made a sweet potato soup that had jalapenos in it. Ooh. And that was pretty good, too. That was like a that pureed soup. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for those of you guys who are trying to reduce your carbohydrate intake and you are trying to reduce your sugar intake, but you don't want to give up eating carbs completely, and I don't think that anyone should ever give up eating carbs completely, but 
I'll totally do, you know, some nights a week where instead of having, you know, bread or rice or pasta, I'll let sweet potato be the carbohydrate. So they're naturally sweet tasting, but their natural sugars are released into the bloodstream really slowly, slower than a normal potato. So this helps to ensure that um, they are a really balanced and regular source of energy, uh, but they don't they don't spike your blood sugar. And so there's no link of sweet potatoes to any type of fatigue or weight gain. In fact, it's the opposite. It's like a great source of, of energy. Awesome. Yeah. So go out and get yourself some power foods and powerful sweet potatoes. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shaw Flam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on iTunes or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes and for help subscribing, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Just One More Pod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.